Hello, hot vampires and girl ball players and all the ships at sea, and welcome to A Very Good Year, the movie podcast where we invite a guest to pick their favorite year of movies and talk to us about that year. I'm your host, Jason Bailey, and across the mic and across the country from me is my co-host, Michael Hull. All right, our guest today is both a terrific writer and a good pal. Uh, She's film critic, entertainment reporter, and the film editor at Mashable. Prior to that, her byline appeared at RogerEber.com, Vanity Fair, The Guardian, Crooked Marquee, and many more. She's a member of the Critics' Choice Association and Gallica and a top critic at Rotten Tomatoes. Please welcome the witty, the delightful Christy Puchko. Hey, Christy. Hey. It is a treat to have you. Um, Let's get right to it. What year did you choose to talk to us about and why? I'm very excited because when I looked at your spreadsheet of like, these are the years available, I immediately checked Mm -hmm. this year and it was, screw 1997. I know everyone's like, that was the year movies were, (laughs) it was 92. 92 is the year movies were amazing. (laughs) Christy, I cannot tell you what a delight it is to ask this question this late in the season and not have it begin with, well, you guys had already done yada, yada. (laughs) Like, I'm so pleased that your first choice was available. <laughs> Why? Walk us through. Okay, who was Christy in 92? Why did these movies hit the way they did? Here's what's embarrassing is to realize I was nine. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I was a nine-year-old kid. I'm not going to say yeah. all the movies. I'm not going to say we, I watched all the movies we talked about that year because one of them watched sure. it, rewatching it. I was like, no, I definitely did not watch this at nine. But <laughs> most of them I did. And, like, it's very funny to me to realize how deeply these movies that were definitely not intended for me uh, (laughs) were like, no, this is who you're going to be as a person. Like, yeah, it's funny because for years I have defended certain movies on this list intensely to the point where, like, I've written articles about several of them. But, like, Mm -hmm. it's it's a core part of my being to defend some of these movies and to realize I knew one of them I had seen in I think I was in third grade and I remember very distinctly um I was allowed to go see it with a friend and her dad and her dad was very unaware of what the movie was going to be and (laughs) was very nervous about my parents ever seeing this movie and he had every right to be uh yeah that's and I feel like once we get to that movie people will be like right yes true um but yeah it, it 92 is a movie where I know everyone's like oh they couldn't make movies like this today here's the thing <laughs> 92 was a year where very famous directors were really trying some shit and mm-hmm. like also taking just being, some swings if big you will. swings big swings of like just just the largely in horniness just <laughs> just like what if Yay. this idea but super horny and sure like, at nine i couldn't make sense of a lot of this but mm-hmm. like as i got older and realized the things that i am drawn to in any kind of way i was like oh this yeah. well as as the kids on tiktok are forming for fond of saying like origin story material this was a uh, canon event <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Form formative texts flying in front of your face yeah. at uh, at at nine years old. I've been texting um, Jason all week. She, Christy wins. 
1992 <laughs> is the best year of movies. All you don't even do. know. So I have to like check at work and be like, am I allowed to do appearances on? And usually they're very cool about it. But they were like, what is this podcast about? What are you going to be talking about? And I was like, oh, and you don't know how awkward I made several meetings this week being like, <laughs> because if someone hadn't seen one of these movies, I was like, let me explain it to you. And just imagine <laughs> a meeting getting derailed because I have to explain these plot synopsis with like great relish. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So the team at Mashable is very excited to hear this episode to hear context to just the random stuff that was popping out of my mouth all week. <laughs> well, welcome uh, team from Mashable and thank you for listening. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, now I'm even more excited to hear why these movies were so very important to you. So we're going to get to that top five in just a minute. Before we do, uh, Mike is going to refresh your memory about some of the things going on uh, in the world that you might not remember or have been aware of as you were, again, nine years old. A child. A, a literal <laughs> child. Here's headlines. 1992 is a very busy year. Okay. In January, Yugoslavia started breaking up with Slovenia and Croatia gaining independence as the former Soviet bloc continued to fall apart. Serbia and Montenegro would be formed later in the year. So, like, the way, we started off. The way you, sorry, the way you phrased that, it came out, so Yugoslavia started breaking up with Slovenia. And I'm like, what? Was Slovenia, like, wanting to see other countries? Or what, what was the cause of, what was the cause of the breakup? Was, was Croatia cheating? What happened? Everybody had been in a very terrible relationship with Moscow. Turns out she had 35 yes. wives. They all met each other at the same time in 1991 and was like, fuck that guy. Yes. Yeah. It was very John Tucker must die, except on a geopolitical scale. On February 1st, U.S. President George H.W. Bush and Russian President Boris Yeltsin met at Camp David to formally declare an end to the Cold War. Huzzah! Yay. And, like, not because it was going hot. So that right. seems like it was actually working it. out very well. I love that. That was the guy who drank all the vodka, right? Yeltsin? Am I remembering that He did that other correctly? things, too. But, yeah, okay. there was some okay. of that. Yeah, there was I mean, I think that helped. I'm I'm a vodka drinker myself, and I think that helped <laughs> with this whole chilling out, you know, this Cold War thing. I'm just saying. France has voted yes to the Maastricht Treaty, but apparently by the narrowest of margins. The French government has confirmed exit polls, which show a yes vote of about 51%. President Mitterrand has gone on television in the past half hour to praise voters. And the president of the EC Commission, Jacques Delors, said France should be thanked for Europe, for democracy and for history. Full details, 10 to 11. Later in that month, the, the Maastricht Treaty was signed, creating the European Union. So hopefully France and Germany won't try to destroy the whole feckin' world for like the seventh time. <laughs> okay, we'll see how that goes. Well, so far, so good. So far, so good, right? So far. Also All in right. February, it's February. We haven't even gotten out of February yet. Oh, Ukraine shit. joined right. four other nations to reject Russia's proposal that they maintain a unified armed forces. Ukraine would start building their own military that year, a decision that seems pretty sound in retrospect. Yes, yes, yeah. a, a good a, a good idea, turns out. Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying, it's February, a lot happened, I gotta start tightening okay. this shit up. Okay, right. here we go. Jeffrey Ready. Dahmer was sentenced to life in prison, fuck Jesus that guy. Christ. Big, Big hand for electricity, everybody, <laughs> big hand for the Grim Reaper on that one. Uh, no, he he didn't actually get whacked until a couple years later, but he was sentenced oh, now. Okay. So you know, yep. yeah, right. we cel he we'll celebrate. He didn't yeah, we'll celebrate there. every step along the way to him getting oh. shanked to death. Right. Uh, the That's Bosnian right. War. Went, okay, can we do that again? Big hand for shanking everybody. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I'll properly attribute. Big hand for homemade knives. There we go. <laughs> 
the Bosnian War was doing everything war does, and so was mm-hmm. the Transnistria War. Apartheid mm-hmm. ended in South Africa. In theory, they were still working on the practice. Baby but steps. they had agreed on the theory, at least. Baby steps. Yeah, many of the people. Manuel Noriega was convicted of doing a bunch of stuff the CIA paid him to do, basically. And, mm-hmm. like, a few things they didn't, but it was mostly shit they paid him for. Yep. Yeah, yep. so that's not a good look. Yeah. Betty Boothroyd became the first woman elected Speaker of the House of Commons in the UK and the best-named politician in the English-speaking world. <laughs> I'm a fan. 1992. The fires, looting, and violence continue to spread tonight as California officials try to bring the situation under control with force and words. Governor Pete Wilson. There can be no excusing excessive force by a police officer. There can be no excusing arson, theft, or deadly assault by a citizen. We are not going to tolerate either in California. The L.A. riots happened after four LAPD officers were acquitted of beating Rodney King nearly to death. I think there were five good to great docs that came out for the 25th anniversary in 2017, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, L.A. 92 is my favorite of the bunch because it's that present tense documentary style that, you know, I'm such an easy lay for. But uh, but yeah, pretty much all of them were, were worth seeing uh, and different perspectives and sources. And yes, very good. We have confidence in the victory of good over evil. Fight the real enemy. In October, Sinead O'Connor ripped up a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live, and I know the not yet extant internet had a lot of big feelings about it, but uh, Sinead was right. Yeah. Rest in power, Sinead. This isn't really remembered anymore, but less than two weeks later, the same John Paul Deuces was in the Dominican Republic to celebrate the coming together of two cultures 500 years before. Mm -hmm. Again, Sinead Mm. was right. Yeah. Sinead was right. Also in October, Mm -hmm. same Pope JP2 lifted the Edict of Inquisition against Galileo and apologized for how that whole thing went down. So say (laughs) it with me now. Sinead, Sinead was right. right. Yeah. 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 We're going to make another projection now. We project that Bill Clinton is going to be the next president of the United States. We project that Ohio has gone for Governor Clinton. Let's take a look at the big board. We go from 265 electoral votes up over the 270 number. Bill Clinton is going to be, by our projection, the next president of the United States. But the big news of the year was Ross Perot dragging enough votes away from George H.W. Bush so Bill Clinton would win the presidential election. We haven't figured out a way to get rid of that fucking guy ever since. Yeah, it was a good... Dana Carvey did a really good impression, though. I'll give him... Oh, <laughs> that, he, there was that contribution to the culture. <laughs> I tried to look up Bursts from 92, but it's like Miley Cyrus and Nick Acato Avocado. So other than a quick <laughs> shout out to Cardi B, we're going to do deaths again. All right. Uh, Isaac Asimov, Marlene Dietrich. Mm -hmm. Still America's best example of why we need better estate taxes, Sam fucking Walton. So Sam Mm -hmm. Walton was like the richest person in America, right? And then he Mm -hmm. died, and then his five kids became five of the ten richest people in the country. Like, he died, and then his name just took over four (laughs) extra spots on the fucking list. Estate taxes, bro. Call them death taxes. Call them whatever you want. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Benny Hill. Oh, Benny Hill. Yeah, right? Here's my question. 
Like at Benny Hill's funeral, did the pallbearers like walk really fast and that music played? Or how did... <laughs> there you yes. go. There I you watched go. a lot of Comedy Central way too young. <laughs> Sorry, familiar with Benny Hill. Yep. Anthony Perkins, Cleon Little, mm-hmm. co-founder mm-hmm. of The Temptations, Eddie Kendricks, Lawrence Welk. Thank you very much. Thanks for that lovely tone. And I, I actually can't do Lawrence Welk. I can just do Robin Williams so- doing yes, Lawrence Welk. Yeah. yeah, it felt yeah. a little Fred Armisen-y, but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> John Cage, Alex Haley passed in '92. Samuel mm-hmm. Burl Kinnison. Did you know that his middle name was Burl? I did not. That that's works, kind though. of perfect. Could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it fits yeah. with the story you know of his family. Yeah, like, yeah right. Sam Kinnison, the mother, Marsha P. P. Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, the scribe, Audrey Lord. Jeff mm-hmm. Picaro, who is the drummer of the band Toto, okay, but is also one of the most recorded session musicians of all time. Like before huh. and sort of not really as much after, but really before the whole Toto era. His track yeah. list is insane. Jeff Picaro, P-O-R-C-A-R-O. Okay. Filmmaker Sajajit Ray, Stella yeah. Adler, John Sturgis, Lenny Montana, who would have been in The Sopranos if he lived longer. You don't recognize him by name, but you will absolutely recognize his face. <laughs> <laughs> musician albert king and finally hal roach what would the world be uh, like if we hadn't had hal roach amen uh, it's a wild list right yes, it is i don't know yep. how many other places that benny hill and sam walton appear on the same list but <laughs> welcome to a very good year god damn it wouldn't it be funny if at sam walton's funeral his kids were all carrying the, the, the casket and then it was okay Maybe we should, like, every time they park their yachts somewhere, we should just set up speakers and torture them go. with the Benny Hill song. I'm fine In with In sports, that. Pakistan beat England to win the Cricket World Cup for the first time. Long fought and well-deserved. Sweden won the Ice Hockey World Championships in Czechoslovakia, defeating defeating Finland 5-2. to two. Denmark mm-hmm. beat Germany 2-0 to zero to win the UEFA Football World Championship. That was very good. Or European Football Championship, sorry. There was not a World Cup, but there were both Summer and Winter Olympics. Mm. Germany kicked everyone's ass in the Winter Games, so in proper American style, we are not going to talk about that. The nope. U.S. dominated with the most golds and the most overall medals in the summer, because of course we did, because our yes. great rival, the USSR, was trying to create an oligarch class, and they had more important things to focus on. And yes. because they had basketball for the first time, that was the other reason. Do you remember ah. the Dream Team? Oh, dream I team. sure do. That, that was, was a big deal. <laughs> you yes. remember? Yeah, they had uh-huh. all kinds of shoes and jerseys. Yep. And David Robinson was somehow famous, like mm-hmm. the lo- least charismatic famous person in the history <laughs> of famous people. But that's what uh, being a superpower meant in 92, right? Which is yep. better than blowing each other up. Here's to the fucking Amen. Olympics. That's headlines. Amen. Thank you, Mike. All right, Christy, you ready to do a top five? Yeah. Okay, so we talked before the show, and Christy came up with, I, I, I love this late in the season, someone proposing a new top five organizing principle. Congratulations. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go from highest Rotten Tomatoes score to lowest. Uh, and frankly, <laughs> the lowest... Will make you furious, or yeah. make me furious. Anyway. It's injustice. It's, it's, we're going to build it, is. it, but injustice. It's a cosmic injustice. Um, now, with all of that said, a uh, little asterisk here, because actually the top two are tied. They have the same Rotten Tomato score. So we talked it over, and we decided to pick the hornier of the two. So, Christy, what is the first film on your top five of 1992? 
It is one of my all-time favorite films. It is Batman Returns. From the sewers of Gotham, a new villain emerges. From the rooftops, the perfect enemy comes to life. I am Catwoman. And the only one who can save this city is a creature of the night. Michael Keaton. What do you want? Danny DeVito. You don't really think you'll win, do you? Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Batman Returns, June 19th. Directed by Tim Burton, ready PG-13. <laughs> and what do you love so very, very much about Tim Burton's sequel to the 1989 summer game-changing blockbuster? It is one of my favorite movies, my favorite superhero movie, one of my favorite mm. Christmas movies, and also we can argue nature and nurture, whatever. It is the movie that made me a bisexual. Like, you can't <laughs> convince me that the scene of Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer on that rooftop didn't launch a million queer kids like that is that is just how am I to choose and like did I figure that out right away absolutely not I just knew that I wanted to watch this movie over and over and over and over and over again recently we cleaned mm -hmm. out like things in my mom's attic and I found a sticker kit that I had from that time oh boy it was amazing. Like, just truly. This is, this is Christie's rosebud right yeah. here. We're going to oh, hear about right it. Right now, I'm literally wearing Batman Returns earrings of the Shrek logo. <laughs> Not Shrek is the green guy, but Max Shrek, who looked mm -hmm. up Christopher Walken plays. But, like, truly, yeah. I loved this movie so much because, like, I had seen Batman as a kid. I watched it with my dad. We rented it and watched it at home. But Batman Returns, I got to see in theaters. And, like, nice. me and my third grade best friend were sitting next to each other. And my mind was melting. I was, like, mm. not prepared for this movie that was, in theory, family-friendly. Right. Right, um, and it's so funny. <laughs> no, I, Christy, there were McDonald's toys. I there were McDonald's toys. <laughs> um, I I wanted everything I could have with this, but my mom was like very like girls yeah. play with these things, so like I could not. I was not allowed uh, the action figures. Uh, so as a wow. result, I just became obsessed with Catwoman and got a lot of tattoos later in life. It's fine. Um, none of them are Batman <laughs> oriented, but I feel like this all ties in anyway. Sure, um, sure. But like that movie just blew my mind. And what's what like every time I go back to it, I see stuff in it that I get really excited about again. But like part of why I think it's so cool is like at the time I had just never seen anything like it, even though I had sure. seen Batman. And, sure. like, it was my introduction to, like, German expressionism and, like, gothic architecture yeah. and BDSM. Just a lot mm -hmm. of big concepts. Mm -hmm. Checking a lot of boxes. <laughs> just, yeah. like, yeah, it was a lot of... But, like, truly, what's so... Like, as I loved Michael Keaton's Batman and I have for years been, like, he is my Batman. Other Batmans sure. may come and go. He is my Batman. <laughs> but sure. in this one, it, like, looking back on it, and I've thought about this a lot because I truly watch the sure. movie at least once a year. Um, Clearly. It's such a cool movie because it's a Batman movie that people complain about and go like, but Batman's barely in it. And if you like, I think it's like he's in like 18 minutes or you can look up the fact. I don't remember the fact. Oh, I wow. do not care. But it's, yeah, right. it's the one where he gets the least amount of screen time. However, all of yeah. the characters are a reflection of Batman because you right. have Catwoman and like they are very clearly parallel where they're both wearing a mask and they feel like they really are who they are in the mask. And then the performance is actually like, selena and bruce trying to be normal mm -hmm. in the real world and then the other flip is like oswald cobblepot cobblepot the penguin who was also right. a force force firstborn son of gotham but instead of being like oh my parents were murdered his parents were like what if we just chuck him in a sewer <laughs> so like also trauma bomb 
And then the yeah. third is Max Shrek, played by Christopher Walken, who is also another mover and shaker in Gotham, who has an incredible amount of power because of his wealth and like his lineage. Right. And he is like, where Bruce is like, maybe we shouldn't create a super evil power plan. And Max is like, maybe you should fuck off and die. Like, <laughs> it's basically like kind of like the three ways Batman could be worse, though I would argue Catwoman's better. Right. But Probably like, so. it's just such a cool thing. And it's like also playing with the concept. Of, it's like the concept of feminism they have is very kind of on the nose. But I, as a nine year old, was very receptive to this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the sequence where Selena goes into her pink, shitty apartment, which at the time I thought, as a kid who lived in a small town and dreamed of moving to New York, oh, did I want Selena's apartment? But watching it now, <laughs> you can see that it's like she tried to paint the walls pink, but the gray grossness of that apartment bleeds through. Mm -hmm. Like everything in that apartment looks gross, no matter how hard she tries to make it look soft and pretty. And that's yep. such a good visual metaphor. And then, like, the makeup work of this is so incredible. The costumes are so incredible. The lines are so good. Daniel Waters' screenplay is like there's a line where the penguin is like lamenting to the press about his plight and he goes i was their number one son and they treated me like number two because they threw him <laughs> in the sewer come on yes that's good it's Christopher good nolan would never like and that's another thing like i truly love that you know this was a time where superhero movies were not like a thing yet we were still figuring right. it out we had had superman and batman but there was no cogent right. genre standards mm -hmm. and uh basically tim burton did, it was such a success with batman he's like i'm not coming back unless i can do whatever i want and yeah he, he just made the like horniest weirdest circus freak movie where batman yeah. kills people and like it, i just and it's so it's so thirsty and it's so weird because it's like there's one moment where the penguin is hitting on jan hooks which totally understandable <laughs> total babe and then the next he's biting a dude's nose off like same scene yes. and then they're just like yes. yeah no we'll sell mcdonald's toys yes yes <laughs> all right christy speaking then of formative feminist texts <laughs> what is what is the next movie on your top five for 1992 so this one's hilarious because um it's it's like weirdly not horny for <laughs> as, as much as there's like sexual jokes in it um it's a league of their own this summer tom hanks is managing the rockford beaches are you crying there's no crying in baseball or are they managing him let's get something started oh now hey on the field tom hanks gina davis madonna <laughs> Got him! a league of their own directed by penny marshall rated pg Who's the manager? I am. Special sneak preview Saturday at select theaters. Mm -hmm. Tied at 81 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, A League of Their Own Penny Marshall uh, apparently saw a documentary about the Women's Baseball League and was like, oh, I should make a movie about that. And like, I rewatched it again today. I was on a long train ride. This was a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's so funny. Like, she's got such great yeah. comedic timing that, like, even yeah. though the story takes place over, like, a baseball season, even though it involves baseball, which, like, I am not a sports person, could not give a yep. shit. Like, you get very invested. To me, it's like watching Friday Night Lights, where it's like, I don't care about baseball in the real world, but man, do I care about that East Texas Towns baseball team mm -hmm. or football team. Mm -hmm. You get the idea. But, like, this one, uh, like, one, I, I was obsessed with uh, Gina Davis as a girl because... I, I was a girl in the 90s. Because Gina Davis. Yeah. yeah. She's she's just she's just perfection. She's so cool mm -hmm. in this. And like then like uh 
oh god now i'm blanking on her name um lori petty yes thank you yeah, lori petty, petty who later i would go to appreciate because of tank girl but this was like of before course. i had seen tank girl um so like lori petty is kit like i really connected to that because i was more of a tomboy at the time and like i i still laugh at the line even when our parents introduce us, like, this is our daughter, Dottie, and this is our other daughter, Dottie's sister. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. John Lovitz is like the shitty, like... John cow- Lovitz, it, this is one of the all-time great, like, come in for five minutes and fucking crush it performances. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how, like, any time someone in my life says something stupid and obvious, I hear John Lovitz in my head saying, well... That would be more, wouldn't it? (laughs) When he yells at the cow, and you know it's just that the cow moved and he was in the moment, he's like, shut, will you shut up? And he's just yelling at a cow. Like, I just, and like, what's cool is like, you know, that's a period piece, but it it doesn't feel like it, not because they try to use modern language, but just because they didn't treat it with like an austerity. Like yes. the women were allowed to be kind of loud and brassy and like Rosie O'Donnell's great in it, but Donna's great mm. in it. Um, yes. I know that was a very controversial casting at the time, but she's like, she's amazing as all the way Meg. Yeah. And like rewatching it, it's just so thrilling to see all this like happen. And man, Tom Hanks is so, so good as like shitbag <sighs> Jimmy Dugan. One of my favorite t- comic Tom Hanks performances. Like if you just like, like a masterclass in comic timing and punchline delivery, like all the way through, he yeah. nails every laugh in this movie. And it's funny because it's like, there are a lot of sex jokes in it, but it's like, especially to other things on this list like it's very mild like yeah (laughs) like you know it's like all the way wang is really racy or whatever also this i feel like this is one of the precursors to swing coming back in in the public consciousness oh god oh no okay let's not blame it for that let's not you know let's as 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 someone who was like an adolescent when that hit that was very cool i got to swing Mm. dance with one boy who knew how and it is officially one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me um (laughs) i didn't know what i was doing but i was very small so he just whipped me around like a doll and it was amazing (laughs) but like it it was like it man i just this movie at the time i i just it really got me excited because also like uh i was already really understanding the concept of girls are being treated differently like one i lived in a small town two i went to a catholic school the roles were Mm. very literally Mm -hmm. different for boys and girls Mm -hmm. and so watching this movie where it was like you know, the, these are the roles that we say girls have to have. And if you don't fit into them, these are the things that can be very frustrating about that. And like, as a girl that really connected to me and rewatching it now, there are certainly some things that feel dated. Like the fact that the movie is so like doggedly, every girl on this team is straight feels right. Right. Yeah. Comical. Something they, something they went ahead and corrected on that Amazon show. And yeah, good for them. The Amazon yes. show for yeah. the record, if those who didn't see it, it's terrific. It really dives mm. in head first to all the things this, this uh, movie was like not comfortable with. Like the, the just mm-hmm. how hard they're like, no, no, Rosie O'Donnell's character is also a straight woman. You're like, okay. No, she's super straight. You guys promise, yeah. promise. She's so straight yeah. that two guys like her at the end of the movie. Yeah. 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 So like that stuff feels silly and heavy-handed sure. but like you know gary marshall uh playing the, the, the basically mm-hmm. like the hershey sky on yep. and oh god david straythern as like, so good as like the manager of the league and he's like constantly mm-hmm. trying to get dotty on his side like everybody in this is so good and then i like when bill pullman turns up is like surprise <laughs> here's dotty's yeah. husband yeah. um but like it's just so so terrific and i think it also captures like female bonding in a very 
sincere way and i don't think mm-hmm. an entirely authentic way because i think i think it's it's trying to stay a little sweet uh between yeah. the sisters because sisters i feel like we've seen sister drama since then that are like more willing to dig right. in but like right. you know i do like that i feel like you can understand where kit is coming from um, yeah. The kid just feels constantly under attack because everyone is yeah. just, like, even if Bad Dottie doesn't give a shit, everybody's like, oh, Dottie. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. yeah, it was just such a pleasure to rewatch it. And it's just, it's still so funny and it's still so delightful. And like, man, it is one of those movies yeah. if it's on, it's like, well, this is, this is going to stay on. This, this is, is happening. This is, I'm watching this one through the end. All right, Christy, what then, uh, going a little further down the Rotten Tomatoes list, is the number three movie for 1992? We're back to super horny. Yay! Possibly the horniest movie on this list? Probably. Oh, definitely, I right? think. I think definitely, yeah. Uh, also the most graphically violent? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Nothing you've ever seen can prepare you for what's coming. Bram Stoker's Dracula. A Francis Ford Coppola film. Rated R. At theaters Friday the 13th of November. Directed by the great Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, really bringing it all, like, really putting it all on the fucking table. Like, this is, I think, and this is not a small statement, one of the sort of biggest directorial show-off achievements of his career. Like, this is a dude who hasn't had a hit in a while saying, oh, no, motherfuckers, this is how you make a movie. Um, and I love that for him. Yeah, it's a huge uh, swing. I did not see this in '93. I feel like I this feel was like, the next question. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that would have broken my brain. I know I saw it like pretty young because I was like getting into Keanu Reeves and I was like searching anything mm-hmm. he had done, and I was also really into oh, Nona Ryder. Lucky you, his finest performance here. Really? Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> I've seen this and Much Ado About Nothing around the same time. Yeah. And yet my crush persisted because he's that's strong. So, he's so pretty and so sweet. Yes. Um, yes no, yes. he tries so hard with this this English accent, but it's so. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but I it's not totally out of place because everybody's accent in this is very like <laughs> this is us doing an accent, and yes. like the only one who really pulls it off, like Oldman pulls it off most of the time, to his mm-hmm. credit. Anthony mm-hmm. Hopkins, hundred percent. Of course. Anthony Hopkins. Professional. Like, yeah. Like this. And also that this was so close to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Just the total yeah. like he's like, and now I'm a zany Van Helsing. I like to speak <laughs> and talk about killing people. And like, well, vampires. But like uh-huh. like the part where she's like, was she in great pain? He's like, yeah, she was in great pain. And then we cut off her head and saved her. And just like, <laughs> it's nothing. We're going to move on. Yeah. I love yeah. it. But like truly what's so cool about this one is just the style is so incredible. Like yeah. the costume design, it got it won like three Oscars for various like craftsman related things in that mm-hmm. regard, and it totally makes sense. Like he's flooding the film with these bright reds to signify blood and danger, and also there's like all these incredible creature effects, and he was using like rear projection, like all these old school effects instead of old school to... practical effects. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you know you can tell as an adult like oh he reversed the film stock here, and that's how he made the vampires look weird and their motions and stuff. But like it's it's just. It's a throwback in a great way where he's paying yeah. tribute to kind of the early horror origins and the early way Absolutely. they were doing these things 
while making his own stamp on it very much with the casting because like Winona Ryder mm-hmm. was huge at the time and like Keanu Reeves I read that he wanted Christian Slater and Christian Slater said no and I'm not gonna lie I feel like he would have crushed it as as he would have yeah yeah that would have been pretty good yeah but he's like I wanted like a matinee idol and I'm like no I get that sure. because you're trying to sure. be like why, why mm-hmm. would me, me mean like Mira even or Mina even think about this other guy and it's like because he's Keanu right. Reeves with a bowl right. cut in the quarter of the century don't worry about it like <laughs> uh, in the whatever century and like but like the little sunglasses on uh gary oldman I, the first god. time i interviewed um oh god um now i'm blanking on his name ben mendelson the first time i interviewed ben mendelson he said mm-hmm. this was one of the most influential movies of like that made him want to be an actor and i was like oh, i don't wow. know you personally but that totally tracks as far as like yeah. my understanding of your work and like i think yeah. it's just because it's so you know, I do like the way it took Dracula and was like, what if we gave him a backstory that made sense? Sure. Um, that, well, that, that gave him motivation, not that made sense. Yes. It like, gave him motivation. But also it like it's dealing with this concept of like lust and what's forbidden and kind of, you know, like uh, the, the redhead is demonized because she's openly lusty. And like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just, but also just I, I saw this for the first time on the big screen, like I think last year or this year at the Paris when they did a revival screen. Oh, nice. I Like seeing yeah. it on the big screen, you just yeah. catch so many weird details like that, like blood is literally squirting out of Keanu Reeves fake nipple during that menage a trois <laughs> with the vampires. Wow. Like detail work, guys. Detail. detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attention to detail. But Francis I mean, Ford Coppola. Yeah, and it's like it's just it's a film that's so about like sex and death in a very literal yeah. way. Um mm-hmm. but it's so fun to watch and it's like especially like just then they start getting to the monster slaying stuff and there's no subtlety. There are mm-hmm. heads decapitated, yep. there is blood yep. splurting, there's literally just a scene where they chuck a bunch of blood on a white bed. Yep. Like, no, Grand Guggenau, baby. Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. Yeah, very that. Yeah. And like, it's just yeah. so like I, you know, I, I get that some of the performances, especially Keanu, could feel a little clunky today. But like, I get what they were going for. They were going for yeah. that aesthetic of like grand and and yep. like, man, Hopkins alone is just oh, yeah. he's so good at this. It's a delicious performance. All right, next film on your list, Christy. Um, slightly less sex and violence. Um, yeah. what is the uh, what is the number four on your list for ninety two? We're going from a seventy eight rating to a seventy seven, just so people okay. at home understand how close these two films mm-hmm. are in that regard. Yes. No other regard. Yes. Uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Get ready. Quiet! Get set. God save my little broken body. For the funniest family movie of the year. I don't want to! Walt Disney Pictures presents from Jim Henson Productions, The Muppet Christmas Carol. It's a dickens of an adventure, as only the Muppets can tell it. I am here to tell the story. And I am here for the food. Only in theaters, The Muppet Christmas Carol. You know that food is wax. Rated G. (laughs) Starts Friday, December 11th at a theater near you. Directed by by Brian Henson, mm-hmm. son son of Jim, um, and I'm trying to remember, but this was the first, uh, this was the first Disney Muppet like sort of post Jim oh, Henson. I you were say, yeah, it's the first one after Jim Henson passed that Brian yeah, like, took yeah, over yeah. the helm. I don't remember yeah. when Disney became involved, um, but yeah, it was, I think yeah, it was kind of like a moment where it was like, what's going to happen to the Henson Company? What's going to happen to the Muppets? Mm-hmm. And they made this, and it is. I'm a big Muppet Caper fan because mm-hmm, Charles same. Grodin, big same, amazing. Yeah. But like yeah. this movie, I think is the best Muppet movie. I think in part because how well they cast the Muppets within the established story. 
Like sure. Kermit is Bob Cratchit. Totally makes mm-hmm. sense. Robin is Tiny Tim. But chiefly, Gonzo is Charles Dickens is yeah. inspired. Cause yeah, like, it is. You get to use so much of the the original prose and he gets mm-hmm. to play narrator and it fits because he is a weirdo. So him and also it makes it less scary. Like it's yeah. still a like solidly creepy movie for a kid. Like I loved watching this over and over again because it was, you know, like a little spooky. Um mm-hmm. and like, you know, with the Marleys singing and they're clear and they're, you know, they're doomed and um, but like I, it's also just exquisitely made. And I was obsessed with the Muppets as a kid because I was sure. an intelligent child and sure. they uh, and the, they would put out those like behind the scenes thing. And there was like one part where Kermit's walking with Robin on his shoulder and the streets like moving and they like showed you how they did it. It was the street was on a big rolling pin and they would like animate and like that stuff just blew my mind. And like the other part is just Michael Caine. I don't know. Oh, my God. Like Tim Curry's great in Muppet Treasure Island, but like Michael Caine takes everything in this total it's like you know what it is it's it's the um the gene wilder school of comedy he is playing mm-hmm. complete he is completely committed to the bit he is not absolutely playing it for the laugh and that's what no. makes it so good yeah no this could be a perf- like this could be a great scrooge performance in any film version of a christmas carol like if you were surrounded by human actors he would he would deliver the exact same intensity and depth and humanity and he the, he, he he doesn't even consider winking at you that's, through this performance that's exactly what drives me nuts about a lot of the more recent muppet movies and muppet sure bacchanalia is just mm-hmm. the like everyone's like dun, 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 and like no no no, mm-hmm. you don't light the lights that's not what you do <laughs> be a person like you know yes. it's like, i mean tim curry did it but that's because that's tim curry's entire career like absolutely you don't, you don't bring frankenfurter in and then go do subtle like that's not what we're here right for. right but like mm-hmm. you know i kane is just so good like screaming at the muppets so sincerely threatening mm-hmm. to fire kermit like it's mm-hmm. all just so mm-hmm. good and like and then when he turns at the end and he's actually like joyful and you're like oh that's like it's yeah. very affecting um so yeah, yeah that's another one that i watch every christmas um but it's just it's also just exquisitely made we talked about in the 39 episode about wizard of oz jason and i are both from kansas and we talked about sort of you know how a lot of people who are from there grow up watching that movie with family and, and not just from mm-hmm. kansas but just americans in general and how i didn't really share those feelings this is what I meant, Jason, about how there are other movies that I have that feeling about. <laughs> but I watched this and uh, and the the Dracula movie on the same day, you know, <laughs> count leading up to the episode. And you mentioned it before, really, with the exception of of uh, the baseball movie. There's a lot of great practical effects mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. over all of these movies. No, and it's no, that's sort of a good maybe- double. That's a good double, Mike. Solid, solid literary adaptations. Um, <laughs> solid practical effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling and it. Yeah. They may only really be linked by the effects and the fact that the books are old. But, like, nonetheless, <laughs> you watch them back to back on one day and those things really jumped out. There you go. I love that. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, Christy, we have come to the conclusion uh, the fifth movie on your top five list, a film somehow classified as uh, uh, rotten yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's Death Becomes Her. What if there were a potion that erased wrinkles, eliminated bulges, and made you young forever? If there were, would you take it? Now a warning. Now a warning? 
genius. But not in the usual sense of the word. Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, okay, how do you... Goldie Hawn. It's alive. Death Becomes Her, rated PG-13. How dare they? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I I'm livid about that. Um, I, it, <laughs> it's hard to say between Batman Returns and this, it's hard to say which movie I love more because I love them both mm-hmm. very deeply. Um, mm-hmm. But Death Becomes Her is the first one of these I rewatched, and like, it just gets better every time. It's yeah. it's so so funny. I got to write about it on one of its anniversaries for Vanity Fair. I highly recommend people look at that piece. article. Thank you. Yeah. It was very specifically about how this has become like a queer cult classic, even though mm. nothing in it is explicitly queer. Um, okay. But like, well, explain how why how is that and why do you think that is? I think I think it's in part because and Jinx Monsoon speaks to this very beautifully in the article. Um, but it's a it's this movie that hilariously because I talked to the screenwriters it was initially supposed to be a film noir centered on Bruce Willis's character who is a guy who kills his wife but she comes back okay and like that idea started transforming in part because these characters became so magnet magnetic they even shot an entire thing that got cut between I forget if I think it was between test audiences but there was actually like a subplot where he meets a bartender played by Tracy Ullman and falls in love with her and runs off oh, with her. Right. All of right. I've seen the stills from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's even about. in like one of the old trailers. All of that's gone. Yeah. What's crazy is because of the stuff I watched as a kid, to me, Meryl Streep was Death Becomes Her and She-Devil for a very sure. long time. <laughs> She's just this really like broad comic actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Totally. Because like I wasn't watching like Kramer versus Kramer and stuff. No, I, I wasn't no. there. Sophie's so, Choice wasn't in the, no, the rotation just right? yet. Yeah. So like to yeah. me, I was like amazing comedian, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Meryl like, Streep, the funny lady. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Like, but she's yeah. so funny in this. And like it's just oh, totally. there's also something liberating in those characters where like they're terrible people. But it's kind of fun to imagine just having all this money and power and beauty and just yeah. not having like just not having the wherewithal to care about the consequences. Like that's kind yeah. of exciting to just imagine. I have to tell you a gift that you gave me, <clears throat> which is that mm-hmm. I told my wife that we had to watch this. I had to watch this movie. For, I didn't know. I've been with my wife now for we were together for five years before we got married. And I said, we got to watch Death Becomes Her. And I did, we never talked about it before. I don't know if she'd ever seen it. And she said, oh, really? And I said, yes. And then she got up and she went into the other room and she came back in this thing that I don't know where she's now. Ne- I've never seen it before, but it's like a necklace shirt thing that doesn't go all the way down and has a little like clasp <laughs> in the back. And she came out wearing this thing that I've never seen her wear. I don't know where she got it from. We've never talked about this movie. And I sort of looked at her and I was like, okay, like. I didn't like. I didn't plan to costume for the movie. Like the children were in bed. I didn't plan to costume. Wow. Was for it the, the movie. It's the Isabella Rossellini thing? It was very, very, very similar. And I put the movie on, and I was like, "What is this thing you're wearing?" And she's like, "You really don't recognize it." She got it because it's the closest thing she'd ever seen to that. To wow. what she wears. She loves this movie so much. She has a special thing to wear while we watch it. And I just didn't know that because I'd never put it on before. That's a gift you gave me. Your wife is very cool. Wow. I'm just going to say yes, that. Wow. Right yes, now. she is. She's fantastic. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, Christy, this was a really good top five. A really top good one. Top shelf, top five. So thank you for that. And now, a word from our sponsor. 
All right, five more days, buddy. Five days till what? Until the New York Film Festival returns, September 29th to October 15th. And if you haven't secured your tickets yet, uh, what are you waiting for? Oh, yeah, I got to get on that. You do. Tickets are on sale now with limited seats still available for some of the year's most anticipated films. All right, I'm doing it now. Where do I go? What do I do? Head over to filmlink.org to get tickets and see the full schedule. Filmlink, L-I-N-C dot org. See you there. Now let's find out what films were winning trophies and making money. Here's Mike with awards and box office. Sell out with me, oh yeah, sell out with me tonight. The record company's only- This is the one where he did the push-up, right? Was this the push-up year? This wasn't. No, no that was a different actor. No, that was that's a different a completely year, different, different actor. actor. That's a, different a no. Movie. Clint did not get up and do shtick at the Oscars, Mike. I, no, no, not, no. Oh, this wasn't when he came out and talked to the no. Obama bench. No, God. Best picture, best director to Clint Eastwood, best supporting actor to Gene Hackman for Unforgiven. It's a good movie. Okay, look, look, Unforgiven rips. It's like, yeah. I, I would. It would be so easy to like my like. Uh, our lives would be so much easier if Clint Eastwood was a no talent hack because his <laughs> politics are so so reactionary and gross. But goddamn, Unforgiven fucking rips. It's a great, it's a beautifully directed movie. Like that is a well deserved Oscar there. And goddamn, Hackman is terrifying in this movie yeah. while being folksy. Like yeah. folksy and terrifying <laughs> is such a good mix that he does it so well. Yeah, I didn't come to love westerns until later, so it felt really disingenuous mm-hmm. to put this on my list. That, but I, I yeah, do yeah, love yeah. Unforgiven. I didn't learn no, to I, like westerns until college because the westerns big was, old same. Yeah, it took it took a minute to find the rhythm there. Yeah, no, I remember seeing this at the time and not getting what the big deal was, and then I went back to it like in my late twenties, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Best actor to Al Pacino for Sin of a Woman. Hoo <laughs> Um You know what? It's it's it's, good performance. it's a it's it's a really good yeah. performance. We're gonna sit here and just apologize for the Oscars, but like, you know, no, this has become the go-to example of like the career achievement award versus the individual performance award. But number one, I think it's a really good performance. And number two, I actually think Sin of a Woman is a really good movie. Like, I think Martin Brest is a talented writer-director. I think he's doing a lot of really interesting stuff here. Philip Seymour Hoffman, this was the first movie that I knew who Philip Seymour Hoffman was, and like all fucking I'll ride this I'll ride or die for this movie for introducing me to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Best actress to Emma Thompson, best adapted screenplay to Ruth Prar Jabvala for Howard's mm-hmm. End. Sorry about the way but, I pronounced that name. It was a little bit confusing and I was trying to think my way through it. I'm sure it's uh not pronounced that way. Howard's End. <laughs> Howard's End. Christy, have you uh thoughts on Howard's End? I saw it once. That yep. is the extent of my memory of it. That I, I've it's, seen it. It's a it's a totally um, appropriate Merchant Ivory movie with some 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 good acting and some lovely uh, production design elements. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I feel like there are a lot of people who are willing to to argue and fight to say that this is a good decision, except they can't find anybody who thinks it's a bad decision to fight with. Best supporting <laughs> actress to Marissa Tomei for My Cousin Vinny. That that almost made me wish. I do love my cousin Vinny, and anybody that says she didn't deserve it is full of shit. Like, but I, I, I always hear about the theoretical right. people that say she didn't deserve it, but I've never met right. one. I mean, it does was like anybody a joke think in a million movies and TV shows and stuff? It was yeah. just like people taking right. pot shots. It was like. It was like Hollywood snobs at the time, but yeah. no one we know, no one, no cool person thinks <laughs> yeah. this, this Oscar was undeserved. We know no one, no one, 
crushed that. Crushed it. Front and it's back. a great it's a great performance and it's also just a richly well done, extremely fucking rewatchable movie. Like I have gone back to Cousin Vinny uh, every couple of years and I've yeah. never regretted that decision ever. That one's a hotel trap for me because it's always on when I'm at a hotel and I will be late <laughs> for something because I will be like, well, I got to at least stay for that speech. Mm-hmm. Best original screenplay to Neil Jordan for The Crying Game. Good Oof. movie. Good screenplay. I don't know. I don't know if that one holds up. I watched that one recently, and that's. I have not watched it since it came out. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not. Prob- I'm not problematic gonna... stuff aside, it's like. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't see it at the time. I saw it recently, and I was like, "Oh, sure." <laughs> there we go. God, but listen to this. I mean, this. This. We haven't even got. Like, we could do four episodes about 1992 mm-hmm. and have five different movies in every episode. Mm-hmm. Like this, anyway. Uh, other some other significant award winners: Golden Globe for Best Film Musical Comedy, Best Actor Musical Comedy to Tim Robbins, BAFTA for Best Director to Robert Altman, and Best Adapted Screenplay to Michael Tolkien for The Player. The Player yeah. is mm-hmm. so good. It's so good. Yeah. It brought him back from from the fucking brink, and thank God for that. And again, yeah, I've I've I go back to this one every two or three years. Holds up. Uh, everybody's great in it, and that ending still kills me. When when Bruce and Julia show up at the end, it still kills me. Yeah, that's just one I discovered later. So I was like, this would be disingenuous mm. to act like I was a nine year old. I was like, you know what's a great cinema? Daddy, can we go see the new Altman? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's his, it's his comeback picture. Golden Globe for Best Actress Musical Comedy to Miranda Richardson and Best Supporting Actress to Joan Plowright for Enchanted April. I've not seen Enchanted I, April. I, I still haven't seen Enchanted April either. Yeah, that was that was a little too fancy uh, for when we came out, and I've not made my way back to it. BAFTA for Best Actor to Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin. That He's movie. good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that yeah. is another one I will watch over and over again. It's a bit long yeah. and gets drags at parts, but like it's really good it's a great watch and he's great in it. Yeah. He's great in it. And a really like, a, like that's one of those movies where, where like, the, like they just packed everybody into that thing yeah. in like a really entertaining way. And honestly, I would have really liked to have seen the like spinoff movie with Marissa Tomei um, as Mabel Norman. I would have been all yeah. in for that one. It's also a movie that manages to still be fun to watch where like Mank felt mm-hmm. like a lecture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Miranda Richardson got a Golden Globe earlier in the year, and then she got a BAFTA for Best Supporting Actress for Damage. Which I have continued to mean to see and still haven't seen. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that She had to add some brackets to her trophy shelf, huh? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Getting too much weight on that shit. BAFTA for Best Original Screenplay to Woody Allen for Husbands and Wives. Fucking great screenplay. (laughs) Great screenplay. One of my favorite of his films, warts and all. Like, that is an ugly nasty little movie and uh and it it certainly struck a chord when it came out domestic box office top 10 number 10 wayne's world wayne's world excellent Excellent. (laughs) yeah yeah really enjoyed this one when it came out yeah penelope spears kicked ass with this movie yeah she sure did the maybe the only thing that was more quoted than there's no crying in baseball yeah, how, like, there's, there was there's just no crying in whatever we're doing right now. Right, right, right. You know, yes, you sort of hit yep. that like high pitch, whingy voice. You know, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Number nine, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well, uh, well deserved. Yeah. Good. Number Glad eight, fucking Sister Act. I haven't seen it yeah. since then, but I recall it fondly. 
I sure enjoyed it at the time. Yes, yeah, yes, I should. I, that's one I should rewatch. I did love Sister Act. Also, Kathy and mm-hmm. Jimmy is is just uh, oh delightful in it. Gold. Yeah. And I, I yeah. love her so much. And like going back and rewatching. I mean, Whoopi's great, but like I, I'm a big Kathy and Jimmy nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, I shouldn't have made my like my quotable uh, announcement so early because oh, I left out have. like you can't handle the truth. Number seven, <laughs> a few good men. Right? That's what I'm saying. Screw yeah, 1997. Yeah. 92 was yeah. full of bangs. 92 yeah. was fucking on, man. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And that's again like you know great performance. You know, I yep. mean, parts of, mm-hmm. there are some scenes that don't didn't necessarily need to make it mm-hmm. to this to pass the. But but that's a great that especially yeah. that last bit yeah okay yeah number six yeah. Batman Returns yeah yay though yay. considered Although, a flop, like not a flop but it was considered no. a disappointment and so Burton well I'm back. yes I'm certain WB that did not merch. think it was going to be the number six movie of yeah the year. no I think I, that I, was merch related I think they were like we yes. cannot trust him we have a bunch of Marlon Wayans Robin <laughs> look, dolls because of him that we can't look. sell that's a real thing. He yes. was hired to be Robin. They made dolls, and then they didn't. And he got because of his contract, he still gets paid when Batman Returns screens. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. They're like, okay. So the little penguin doll is biting off all the other dolls' noses. Uh, what do we do about this? I mean, it came with a little car with an umbrella that's rolled around. Come on, that's that's gold. Oh, yeah. dude, we got to get Mac a Marlon Wayans Robin doll. We have a friend who's like literally got a Batman tattoo, and I think we need to get him that doll actually. Yeah. yeah now that I've yeah. heard that, uh, see, look, you're wrapping up Christmas for me for my friends. You are fucking. You're bringing so much to the table right now. <laughs> Number five, Lethal Weapon three. I remember liking Lethal Weapon three. It had the it. Uh, it's, that's that was that's, a Pesci they one. Were, that was the second Pesci one. That's the one okay. where Pesci has uh, the blonde hair. So a busy year for Joe Pesci. Oh my Go God! Does that fuck you in the drive-through? No, that's <laughs> that's the fourth one with oh, okay. Chris Rock. His, okay. That's a conversation between him and Chris Rock. <laughs> Number four, Basic Instinct. No, no, no. That is fuck you in the drive-through. I'm I sorry. Thought I didn't so, to, dude. I didn't mean to go back. No, because they, they revisited it in four with they fuck you with the cell phones. Okay, I'm sorry. I just I couldn't. I didn't want to have to do a correction later. Okay, go ahead. Number this number. This is four, like sorry. the most quotable year of the of maybe all yeah. the nineties, all the nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Okay. How much of our Long personalities before. are based on nineteen ninety two? Like truly, yeah. I feel like millennials and uh, Gen X needs to confront that. Yeah. <laughs> Number four was Basic Instinct. Hmm. Uh, Christy, thoughts on Basic Instinct? Uh, I mean, it's a deeply problematic movie. I rewatched sure it is. recently and I was like, look, I mm-hmm. get this is fun and stuff, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's like Gone Girl without any subtlety. i mean when i rewatched it for an anniversary i wrote a thing about about it for the times which i'll link somewhere um you know which is what's fascinating about it now is to watch it like knowing knowing how we feel about his character now yeah and watching it with framing him in your head as the bad guy it becomes a much more interesting movie than the one that they made that's a good point i just yeah it's like i i I watched it a few years ago and i was like yeah man they're really just falling i mean it's it's set up a lot of damaging bisexual Mm -hmm. traits that are it did but her haircut's great. I think I have it right now, actually, realizing, looking into this video <laughs> yeah. chat. I'm like, did I just, it's yeah, I think I gave whatever, myself Sharon Stone. All of those comments valid. Um, 
all of that said, a, a tremendous Sharon Stone performance. Yeah, like one 100%. of the great contemporary femme fatale performances. One of those things where you watch now and you're like, of course she became a fucking movie star. Oh, after absolutely. This movie came yeah, out. Like, no, she's amazing course. in it. It's just like, I, yeah. it, there's there's definitely yeah. a p- parts of me that just cringe and are not fun mm-hmm. watching that one. Understandable. Yep. Friend of the show, Karina Longworth, had lots of interesting things to say about that on her podcast. Sure did. Uh, sure breaking did. down that whole how all that happened and the famous mm-hmm. shot and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Very mm-hmm. good stuff on there. Because uh, yep. I'm about to plug the fuck out of Fun City. So let's, uh, let's mm-hmm. plug... Uh, Let's plug you must oh, remember right. this at the same time. Number three, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, baby. Yeah, we did a whole episode of the show. Of, a of fucking the, of the, the good one, bro. A good one. Yeah, here's the thing. That almost made my list because, and I've written about this on Mashable. We do a thing called No Shame November where, you know, it's just God. like, I don't care. This is true. This is who I am. It's so bad, Christy. Here's it's the so thing. Bad. Truly and sincerely, there. I say there, and I, I. this used to be like a joke, but this is this mm-hmm. is just true. This is who I am. This is me behind my Batman mask. Uh, it is the three movies that made me want to move to New York as a kid are Home Alone two, <laughs> Ghostbusters two, okay, and, um, Gremlins two. <laughs> nice. I right. wrote possible. Look it up. I have uh, a very thought out argument, but like truly, like, right. as a kid, those are the movies that made me be like, this is the place, and I did yeah. it, everybody. Okay, she did it. She came to the big city and I live in the land of gremlins and wet bandits. (laughs) Number two is The Bodyguard. Blows. Blows. Terrible movie. Awful. Awful. Is that it for nostalgia factor? No. I hated it at the time, Christy. Why would I say Why would I be nostalgic (laughs) for a movie I didn't even like then? It was on USA. Constantly, I, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I watched a very that USA a lot movie. of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little strained. That's all I'm saying. It's a little strained. <laughs> I don't disagree, but like it was. I don't know. You had like you had Whitney Houston who is giving everything, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you know you have Kevin Costner who is who's giving not nothing, what he does. nothing, nothing, nothing. Just like I am an actor who would rather be somewhere else. That's what he's giving in that movie. I don't disagree. But like, I, I don't know if he was just mad about the haircut or what, but like, yeah. I hope that that's his motivation. I hate this haircut. There we I hate go. being here. There we go. Number one, Aladdin. Yeah. Oh, have you ever had a friend like me? <laughs> I loved Aladdin. This, I, I did too. I I was a little too old. You know how I said I was a little too, I was a little too old for Muppets Christmas Girl? That somehow didn't stop me from going to see Aladdin in the theater as a teenager. Because I was mostly cool. there for Robin. Yeah. yeah, I was mostly there for Robin. But this is one of those ones, and we've talked about these on the show before, where like my kid, my oldest kid went through a hardcore Aladdin phase where we were watching that one every day. I, I was fine with it. I was totally, I was like, yeah, fuck it. Throw on Aladdin again. Cause it just, it works. Yeah. It works. The, the songs are terrific. He's funny as hell. The animation is striking. It's just a really solid Disney Renaissance movie. Yeah. Like I can recognize all the issues that, that have been talked mm-hmm. about since then about representation. I completely understand all that. Um, I, I get all of that. I completely think all that is valid. I still really love Aladdin. I yeah. was just, as a kid, it was just such a fun adventure. And it was like, mm-hmm. I feel like they translated the same concept again later with Tarzan, which is like, mm-hmm. what if we had like a sexy skater boy <laughs> be at the center of this? And like, and it's just really funny because like Aladdin, just yeah. like both Aladdin and Tarzan just being like, I'm just gonna let my chest hang out, whatever, Disney yep. movie, woo. And it's yep. very funny because I like, I don't, I don't think Disney movies are allowed to be even that mm-hmm. like 
they, they, right. they wouldn't dare wouldn't dare yeah um but like yeah aladdin's really fun and like i mean robin williams was just next yeah. level phenomenal in that all right christy you ready to do a lightning round let's do it okay mike's gonna put five minutes on the clock i'm gonna rip you through as many as we can in those five minutes if you have something to say say it if you have nothing to say just pass and here we go the cutting edge the Cutting Edge is one of my all-time favorite Manticonities. I, I almost put it on this list, but my husband was like, you cannot. <laughs> you cannot do that. <laughs> but truly, I love The Cutting Edge. I thought that was how people were going to date. I thought I needed to do shots and lick tequila and stuff. Um, we're very lucky that I got smarter about that before I was old enough to date. I was recently uh, strongly encouraged to finally watch this one, and I must admit that I'm, I'm not made of wood people. I enjoyed The Cutting Edge. It's Moira Kelly's Deeply Charming. Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. I also love this one. Um, it's it's another one of the, like, I was very, like, one, uh, Rob Williams' Betty Coat is incredible, but two, also, like, it's fairies, and also Tim Curry in one of the most weirdly sexual animated roles of all time. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Toxic Love uh, from Fern Gully. Uh-huh. Make sure you watch the video version. Wild. <laughs> cool World. I did a Q&A for Cool World at Alamo because oh, wow. I also love that movie. It's not good. I know that. <laughs> I'm yes. aware of that. Uh, I also should not have watched it as young as I did. It is not remotely an animated movie for children. Yay. But Yay like, for that. It's so deranged. Like Kim Basinger mm-hmm. as like a femme fatale animated girl out to like kind of destroy the world. And Brad Pitt is the mm-hmm. like human detective trying to keep her in check. Mm-hmm. It's... I'm so glad that movie exists. No, I'm I, I'm glad that Ralph Boschke saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit and said, let's make the dirty version of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. M- Mom and Dad Save the World. I also really like this movie. I used to watch it all the time. It's, again, very weird. And there are definitely things about it that are very uncomfortable now, including the casting. It's fine. But, like, it, it was definitely one of those movies that was just on TV all the time. And, like, uh-huh. I watched way too much. Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. Very good. Did not see it the year it came out. I think I saw it after I saw Pulp Fiction. That makes sense. Uh, Steve Martin in a little picture called Leap of Faith. Uh, yeah, I love Leap of Faith. I was I was yeah. very into Steve Martin as a kid, um, which I don't think is unusual. But my dad listened to like his records, so like mm-hmm. I anytime there was a Steve Martin movie, I was very into it. But Leap of Faith, I was very into because I was in a Catholic school and I was kind of figuring out what i agreed with and didn't mm-hmm. and leap mm-hmm. of faith was definitely uh, a step toward me being the godless heathen i am today beautiful <laughs> uh the the okay the first director's cut official release of blade runner happened in 1992 mm. i am not a blade runner person Mm-hmm. I just I know this is my deep secret no, shame no, no, I just no, no, don't no, no. get it I've seen it I've seen the I don't know I don't get it it's just never connected to me Christy I know you're not alone you're not oh. alone oh no I'm here to I'm here to tell you you're not alone <laughs> Captain Ron I had the biggest crush on Kurt Russell and Captain Ron <laughs> the dirty hair the eye patch the weird accent that he's doing. Uh, uh, oh, man. I rewatched it recently. It's still very funny. Um, but yeah, I also I loved Martin Short because like I was really mm-hmm. into like, I think, Inner Space. I think that was the first mm-hmm. Martin Short sure. movie I saw. Sure. Um, sure. So yep. yeah, no, Captain Ron is hilarious, like still hilarious. 
very funny. Uh, I think I bought it to watch it recently just because <laughs> I felt like it. So I think I digitally own Captain Ron now. Uh, yeah. 92. Baby's Kids. Okay, Baby's Kids was also on. I think it was on, like, we stole HBO. Like, we, we had oh, that, sure. yeah, that le- illegal box. And Baby's Kids mm-hmm. was always on HBO. And oh, yeah. oh, I did no. not understand Perennial. it, but was obsessed with it and just kept watching it over and over. <laughs> like, that and Cool World were candy to me. <laughs> Stay tuned. Do you remember Stay Tuned? Yeah, with John was, Ritter. Yeah, it was very funny. I know they did mm-hmm. clicked later, but like Stay Tuned, mm-hmm. Stay Tuned, the OG click. Yeah, yeah. that Stay yeah. Tuned kicked ass. Yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Here's the thing: uh, the series mm-hmm. great, whatever. The original movie, um, I like had Luke Perry, <laughs> like. I don't know. End of discussion. Also, Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens, who, uh, R.I.P., recently, Jermaine Clement was talking about the one they did, what they do in What We Do in the Shadows, and he reprised the, reprised the role from that movie, uh, said the wig was based on his mugshot because that's the coolest he's ever looked. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, if you needed another reason to think Paul Rubens is amazing, here you yeah. go. But, yeah, that movie's And very finally, funny. finally, Newsies. Oh, you know what? I was like, I was a Newsies girl, but not as hard. Like all my cousins like knew all the, all the words and were like very, very into it. But yeah, Newsies, Mm -hmm. here's the thing, man. Newsies was a Disney movie that, that was like anti-capitalism and pro-worker. Yep. So that's interesting. It was like that. And like, this wasn't the same year, but like American Tale, like watching those again as an adult, I was like, oh no, I definitely, these were very like influential on my brain where I was like, no, but like, if you're working hard, you should get paid well. What is the argument here? (laughs) Who didn't want to be an intellectual, a working class intellectual Jewish mouse. I mean, I have so many thoughts on Bible, but like, like, yeah, no, but truly like Newsies was and like, it's funny now looking back at it. It's like, you know, at the time we weren't bit like I wasn't thinking like he's going to be the next big thing. I was like, not on that. Mm -hmm. That was not the conversation happening in my head. But like, yeah, Newsies, Newsies was a banger. Yeah. Yeah. No, a a huge flop at the time that has since found what I think I could safely say is a pretty fervent cult audience. Yeah, I saw it on Broadway. Uh, That's I mean, like, nice. What? Yes, very good. All right, that concludes our lightning round. Christy, you fucking crushed it. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Very excited and to be so now... horny on Maine. <laughs> now we're going to throw it to our friend W. Axel Foley for a quick PSA. Head on over to your favorite podcasting app. Give us a star, a rate, a review. Give us a written review and tell us that you love us because that's what lets people know that we're here. All right, Christy, where can people read your work and follow you on social media? Uh, God, social media is a weird one anymore. I don't know. Mm. If I'm on a thing, it's just my name, Christy Puchko, K-R-I-S-D-Y-P-U-C-H-K-O. I refuse to say what Twitter's new name is because screw him. No. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Mashable. Uh, I am the film editor there. I will be covering, I cover all kinds of things, film and TV. Uh, as you can tell, I really love cartoons. <laughs> so you can see me <laughs> covering cinema, but also shows like Lower Decks and Fiona and Cake and things like that. There we go. I'm Fun City Cinema on Instagram, Jason Dash Bailey on Blue Sky and Letterboxd, where you can find under my list the top fives for every episode of the show, including this one. Mike, where can the people find you? I am at Brainwash Lib on Twitter and Fifth Column Films on YouTube, where if you sign in <laughs> right after I post the bonus episodes, the video will pop up and you can listen to about 30 seconds for free before I go and delete it. 
And of course, we are also on Substack, a very good year.substack.com, where paid subscribers get bonus episodes and bonus writing and much more. And you can hear our bonus episodes with an Apple premium subscription. Mike, before we go, what is your favorite movie of 1992? Oh, it's Midori. Oh, no, wait. It's Lessons of Darkness. Oh, wait. No, wait. It's Baraka. Oh, no, wait. It's Hard Boiled. <laughs> oh, no, wait. It's Porco Rosso. Oh, no, wait. The fucking list is bottomless for 92, Bailey. Oh, my God. My favorite movie of 1992 is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's Malcolm X. It's I, I took a music appreciation course in college because I was like, I already know how to listen to music. What kind of fucking weird thing is this? But the guy was really smart, and he was a proper jazz guitar player and everything, and I was like, maybe this dude will teach me something. And he said a thing I've never forgotten, which is that it's virtually impossible to make a perfect record, and somehow Bob Marley did it four times. And (laughs) that is kind of how I feel about movies. You know, It is virtually impossible to make a perfect movie, and Malcolm X is a flawless movie. Like, Mm -hmm. it's... You know, and also production. somehow Spike has done it like four times, and somehow he's managed more than once. You know, but like, and but the thing that I love so much about this is is this is you know like with Do the Right Thing and with you know with whatever your favorite movie of of his is, it's so obviously a Spike Lee movie, and mm-hmm. this movie f- just feels like it has no author. It feels like it has. It feels like it just God made it, and it was here when we arrived. I don't know how else to describe <laughs> it. Like, it feels like the Grand Canyon or something. It's just sort of of massive and perfect in a way that I just yeah. think, like, you know, is is almost impossible to do. And every time I watch it, I think like this is going to be the time I find a flaw. And I've been watching it for 30 years and I haven't yeah. found one yet. And and yeah. it remains the same. I watch it every year, at least once a year. Um, and the older I get, you know, I'm doing all these work with Attica Brothers and stuff now. And, and the older I get, the more and more I know guys. Like, I got my hair cut at Malcolm X's barbershop, like the, the nation mm-hmm. barbershop where he always used to go. Because I was taking an Attica brother to get his hair cut. You know, it's like... The more and more you sort of touch that that the remnants of that sort of universe, yeah, they think it's perfect too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's not yeah. like one of those things where when you talk to somebody who was really there, like they're like, oh no, that's all bullshit. Which is what ninety eight percent of everything always is. They think yeah. it's perfect too. So yeah. it's Malcolm X, man. I can't say enough good things about it. If you've never seen it, please do yourself yeah. the favor. How about you, Jason? Yeah. Uh, again, it was a very tough one, but I got to go with Glengarry Glen Ross. It's got to be the movie Fuck I've seen yeah, the buddy. most <laughs> from 1992. Um, I, I mean, I literally know this movie by heart, like from uh, seeing the movie a million times, from directing productions of this, from being in productions of it. Um, and it, I don't, I, it's, it's like, it is such a, like the, 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 just the, the, the collision of participants at that specific moment is is everything as to why that movie works the way it does. Like, I kept going to see James Foley-directed movies after this, thinking he must be some kind of genius, and none of them were particularly good. But something he captured some kind of lightning in a bottle with this, and somehow he directed 
a David Mamet script better than David Mamet ever did in a movie. Mm -hmm. And somehow he got the greatest Alec Baldwin performance in movie history in five minutes. And (laughs) one of my favorite Al Pacino performances and one of my favorite Jack Lemmon performances and one of my favorite Ed Harris performances and maybe my favorite Alan Arkin performance. Like I revisited it when he passed recently and I didn't even pitch this to the times. The editor there came to me and said, I feel like Arkin's best performance is Glengarry. Would you want to write about that? And I said, I would. Thank you. (laughs) And I did. And so I revisited this just a couple of months ago and there's not a speck of dust on it. Not a, not a speck. It's a, it's a perfect men roaring at each other in desperation and, and, uh, uh, impotence movie. I love Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah. I fucking As I love said, it. it's wild no one picked 92 yet. I honestly yeah. looked at that and I texted you immediately because I was like, oh, I don't know who else they're talking to, but I want 92. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you again, Christy. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for listening. It was a very good year.